Welcome back to Ascent Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Ephesians chapter 1. It reads, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory." For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places." far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all the things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. All right, as we jump in here to the book of Ephesians, we're blessed to have two guests with us today. And so our guests today are Haley Williams and Z. Leitenberg. And so they have been working through the book of Ephesians and have walked through a study with women in our church. So as we get started here, I'm just going to have them share a little bit about that study and how women in our church have been studying this book of Ephesians together. So I'm Haley, and uh, Z and I have both been a part of the women's ministry here to send, and uh, we've been a part of now for about six months, actually teaching women how to send uh, God's word. And this last semester in the fall, we did the book of Ephesians. And so we got a chance to really walk through each of the six chapters with um, women from our church. And those women range in age from college to you know, grandmas. And so it's been really fun just to, uh, you know, be able to see people mine in God's word for truth and learn how to study it for themselves um, and actually look at these verses in context and rightly interpret them and understand them in light of like the bigger picture of Ephesians. And yeah, it's been really great. So just if you guys have had an opportunity to walk through this already, what's something that you'd really want to draw our students' attention to? And what's something here in this first chapter that really can be something that we can anchor our faith in today? Yeah, well, I would say, you know, starting off Ephesians, it's important to recognize that Paul is 
writing to not just one particular church, but all of the believers in Christ who would have been in Ephesus at the time. And so that would have included both Jews and Gentiles. But what we're going to see in this book is that he is really tasked with preaching to the Gentiles and revealing their blessings that they have as members of the body of Christ. And so he's going to be unpacking throughout this whole book, what that means for them. So he's sharing this mystery, which he'll talk about in one of these chapters here that we're going to get to, but he's sharing the mystery of the gospel. And that is that the Gentiles are going to be grafted into the body of Christ and that they are actually going to be adopted as sons. And I think what chapter one does to set the stage for that is just to praise God for his goodness, his glory. He starts out blessing God, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He's glorifying God and he is sharing how we have obtained an inheritance and been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And so he's going to explain that. And then later he's going to be getting into what does that mean you know, so what? What does it matter that you've actually been adopted into the family of Christ? But chapter one is just kind of setting the scene of that. Yeah, absolutely. And in chapter one, verse 10, we'll see what the main theme of the whole chapter is. And that is to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So that is what the main theme of this whole book is. And that is kind of how he starts, like you were saying, Haley, how he starts um, chapter one. And One of the things, too, that I see here is how this all starts and how he unites all things to him starts with how we have been predestined. Predestined is that, you know, he's determined before the foundation of the earth who were those believers. So I like how he starts there, that he is predestined and that he immediately lets them know that this salvation that we have is not nothing that we can do on our own, but it's something that the Lord has ordain from the beginning since the foundation and just like leaving us no doubt here not even how he says later in in the chapter that we should not boast so it tells us like he chose us he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through jesus christ according to the purpose of his will Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes we're like well what's the purpose well here's the purpose and we even see it in verse four that we should be holy and blameless. And then in verse six, we see to the praise of his glorious grace. So here we have the reason why and the result of why we have been chosen in him. Mm-hmm. So I just think how love how he just lays that out. And as we think about that concept of the boasting that he's talking about, you know, remember, we've just come off of the book of Galatians, where we saw these Jewish people boasting about their standing and setting themselves above others. And we saw the conflict that that was causing there in the church. And so we contrast that here with this call and this focus upon the unity that comes in the body of Christ. And I love how that has been put on display. And I love how you two have focused our attention on that as we start off here looking in Ephesians chapter chapter one, because it's that unity that creates the bond between believers that will allow us to understand the fullness of what he's explaining to us. And as we kind of just focus in to think about maybe just one question that a lot of people are going to maybe have as we're reading through this, and you know, Z, you've already mentioned that big word predestination, and this whole thought that God had a plan before I was even born. And so how do we wrestle with 
the sovereignty of God, his ability to walk and to think and to rule according to his will, and the whole mystery of how we're actually still a part of making decisions and choosing to follow or to not follow, to obey or to disobey God's commands. How can we work through that? Or how can we at least start to think rightly as we encounter truths like this in God's word? Um, Well, this is a big one. I know this is a tough topic and it's something that people feel like they cannot intellectually grasp a lot of times. I just can't understand how can God be good and gracious and yet how can he predestine some as Romans 9 says, vessels for glory and some vessels for wrath. How can that be true? And I have really benefited from John MacArthur's teaching on this. He describes these two realities of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility as twin truths that run parallel to each other. And so if you think of like train tracks that are parallel, if you look off in the distance, you know, you can see when you're looking down at your feet, if you're standing on those train tracks, that they are parallel to each other. They run right next to each other. There's no conflict. But if you try and look into the distance at the horizon line and figure out exactly where, you know, where they end or where they bend, you're not going to be able to see that. And so similarly with the twin truths of God's sovereignty and man's responsibility, if you try and find out exactly how those things interact, Mm -hmm. you actually destroy the integrity of both. And so there is a certain amount, I would just say up front, of this doctrine that requires our humility and our recognition that we are finite and God is infinite, and we are never going to be able to fully grasp this intellectually. And so I think we just have to approach it knowing, like, God is God, I am not. But what I would say next is one of the challenges that I've heard for this teaching and have actually even been in in really deep conversations with a friend um, on this doctrine is, okay, so... If God is fully sovereign and fully in control and he predestines everything, especially when it comes to salvation, why should I even pray? Why should I pray for someone's salvation? Mm -hmm. And um, in talking with this friend, I was doing some research and I was really, you know, I was like, well, I know why we should pray internally, but I'm having a hard time expressing why that is and, and, and communicating to her what, what the reason is. And I came across this line, which really helped. It was, God ordains the ends, but he also ordains the means. And so, yes, God has predestined who will come to faith in him and knowledge of him. And yet he also has predestined how those people will come to know him. And he delights to use us in that process. And he has so, you know, crafted history to unfold in such a way that we get to be a part of praying for our friends and family, sharing the gospel with them, loving them, playing a part in, you know, actually their salvation. Now, can God do that without us? Yes. And I would say he's not going to lose anyone who's his because of my disobedience. However, when I obey him and I and I actually like follow what I'm supposed to do, which is sharing the gospel, sharing the reason for the hope that I have, I get to partake in that with him and, and be blessed by you know, getting to share the gospel with others. So really, I just think it's like a win-win. It's like the pressure's off. God is not, you know, his plan is not going to fail if I mess up. And yet he has chosen to use us as his children and as the body to reach out with, you know, to those around us. And, you know, with doctrines like election and predestination, you know, we question like, well, why did he save some and not others? You know, but the real question is, why did he even save us at all, right? Because he is a holy, pure, righteous God. Why would he even want to have a relationship with us sinners 
because he's pure and perfect. Like, why would he even want to yeah. do that, right? So just thinking about it in that way, like, we always think, why? Well, why didn't he save others? Well, why did he even save us? We don't deserve salvation. Yeah. You know, we are born enemies of God. We hate him. And yet he chose to save us. And then another thing, I think when I when I came up across this years ago was just praying and learning how to surrender his to his truths. There are there's gonna be so many things that we come across in the Bible that we're gonna wrestle with. And I think, you know, once we do our study and we compare what other parts of the Bible say, we know that what God is saying is true. So at that moment, instead of trying to say that what he is saying is not true or trying to validate our reasons, I think we need to just pray and and ask him to allow us to surrender to his truths and to even, you know, seeking other people to, to help us understand this better instead of trying to turn our backs and pretend that this doctrine doesn't exist. Yeah, and that's a big part of what we've been trying to do with this podcast is as we get to these questions, if we have a question, we want to find an answer for mm-hmm. it. Don't just sit in question and mm-hmm. assume like, well, I guess I'll never understand. I guess yeah. it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess, you know, God's going to do what he's going to do with or without me. Mm-hmm. You know, Haley, as you were just talking, it reminds me of the fact that there's there's so much joy when we feel like God is using us as a part of his plan. And so as believers saying, now I understand that God is doing something with me for his kingdom and glory purposes, because we know and we look in the scriptures, he could use inanimate objects to do that. And he will if nobody else is available, because his will is going to move forward. But to be able to be used by him, we get that joy. We receive that as a part of what's going on. And so, you know, it's just a great blessing for us to start this focus by thinking about that, you know, trusting in the process, trusting and studying God's word, seeking others and walking through that each day. The time that I remember this truth, God revealing this truth to me in scripture in the most clear way was in actually in John 2, at the wedding at Cana. And in this narrative, we see that Jesus asks, this is when he pr- turns water into wine, right? You've heard that story. So he tells the servants to go fill jars with water and they fill them up to the brim. And now um, they he asks them to draw some out, take it to the master of the feast. And so the master takes it out of the jars and it's wine. I had this realization, the Holy Spirit really showed me in this passage, like Jesus did not need the servants to fill the jars with water for him to create wine. He could have just snapped his finger And had wine appear in these jars, right? So why did he ask the servants to go get water? Why did he ask them to be obedient and take part in this miracle? And I would argue that it's because when we are obedient and when we follow the commands of Christ, we witness firsthand his glory. We are able to praise him more. We are able to behold his power and to be, you know, we're, we're able to take part in that. Like he could have certainly done it without them filling the jars with water. And yet he chose to use them. And so I just think that's kind of a picture of, you know, us as, as believers, how we, we get to be a part of the miracle of uh, what God is doing in someone's life when we engage in, in sharing the gospel with them. Um, recognizing that ultimately it's God who brings the harvest. It's not us. You know, he's the one who's going to draw people to himself. And um, yet we can still be obedient. Yeah. So as we reflect on that today and as we sit in understanding that, hey, God is perfect. He has a great plan for us. But we have a responsibility to be stewards of what he's given to us 
and to walk forward in truth. May we rest in the fact of knowing that God desires to use us as the people he's called. And as we walk forward with that truth, may we know that he will be with us each step of the way as we seek to honor him in all we do. Know today you are loved. You're